Welcome to Prompted by Nature, a weekly podcast that explores the connection between nature and creativity through storytelling. Each week, we'll dive into heartfelt conversations with the humans working in and with nature to support our planet and the creatures, including us, that inhabit it. Each conversation is punctuated by a meditation and writing prompt created by me, Helen, a meditation teacher, writer and outdoor creativity guide to help you to explore the issues and topics covered in a more meaningful and creative way. Because when we allow ourselves time and space to deeply listen and connect, we bring ourselves closer to a place in which we can truly live prompted by nature. Welcome to Series 2, Episode 8 of Prompted by Nature. I hope you're well. This week, it feels like the weather's turned a little bit down here on the south coast with the first frost arriving a few days ago and the temperature taking a dip. As I mentioned in the last episode, we've just gone into lockdown here in England again. So all but my online and one-to-one work is off. So I'm getting stuck into more writing and taking any opportunity to keep myself well by getting outside. So today you will be hearing my conversation with the wonderful Punam Sagrajka, a modern abstract nature artist inspired by her Kenyan roots. I first came across Punam's work I first came across Punam's art on Instagram and was immediately taken by the overall mood of her feed, soft, gentle and calming with some of the most beautiful sky and seascapes I've seen. As a child, Punam was surrounded by beautiful scenery, breathtaking nature and colours you can only imagine and this influences everything she creates as she brings the simplicity but boldness of colour into her work. Punam believes that nature has the wonderful ability to transport the viewer away from the from everyday life and into their own magical space and her aim is to help you feel a little of the magic that Kenya and the African landscape gave her. As you'll hear, Punam works in a way that she calls structured abstract and works with brushes and palette knives using colour and texture to bring the work to life. When you see her work, Punam wants you to take a moment and get lost in what you see, to stop Take a breath and let a memory come to life. Something from your childhood, a moment shared with a loved one, a holiday, anything that allows you to take a step back from your everyday life and pause. She wants you to feel nostalgic for something special, just like she does when she's creating. In this conversation, we discuss her work and the inspiration behind it, her Kenyan roots, how the 100-day project helped her to reconnect with, redefine and refine her art, her connection with the sky, her first memory of nature, her concept of structured abstract, the power of silent conversation, her work as an anchor point for meditation, how she looks after herself and her creativity, her creative process, what she's learned on her journey and her hope for the future. For me personally, this conversation was such a tonic for the times that we're in right now. Punam's words reminded me to slow down and appreciate what's above my head, not just beneath my feet. You can find Punam on the squares 
at Art by Punam, so A-R-T-B-Y-P-U-N-A-M, or on her website, www.artbypunam.com, where you can buy her work and inquire about commissions. She's currently selling some really beautiful winter-inspired wooden hangings, and I highly, re- I highly recommend getting lost for a bit in her gorgeous work. As always, I'm at prompted.by.nature on Instagram and www.promptedbynature.co.uk where you can find more information about my new online nature-inspired meditation and creative writing sessions which happen every Monday. You can find all the details for that in the events section of the website. I hope you can join me. I've also opened up some one-to-one slots if you're local and want to get outside and creating with me. Just pop to the work with me section on my website for more information. And remember to stick around until after the episode when I'll give you a hint at the meditation and writing prompt that follows this conversation. Happy listening and I'll speak to you after. So my name is Punam. um, I'm an artist. I work with acrylic, uh, mainly on canvas and paper. And I like to introduce sort of texture and colour into my work. And I think the two play together very nicely. I don't like to put myself in a box per se. Um, I like to have the freedom to create, but I'm very much drawn to skies. And that's one of the reasons why I paint them is I, I truly believe that there is a connection between the movement within us and the movement within the sky and the way that we are, we are connected to it, but also our loved ones are. And there, there's a connection between us and them, no matter what the distance, the physical distance is between us. It's quite kind of philosophical. Some yeah. people might call it a bit airy-fairy, but I, it is something that has really helped me to be able to kind of attach myself to something and move forward with life. And I'll talk a little bit more about why. Uh, yeah. you know, as, as we go through yeah I, I that's such a beautiful way of putting it the, that sense that we're <clears throat> connected to the sky can you say a little bit more about that yes so um I am born and raised in Kenya and I spent the first 18 years of my life there after which we came I came here to go to university I met my now husband and then we got married and had kids and I've now been living here for more than you know, 15 years. Mm. And I've always, I, I grew up in a very, uh, very big family. So there were six, seven of us in the house. And then I had all my uncles and aunts and my cousins always coming to our house. And it was because my dad is the eldest in the family and my grandparents also lived with us. Mm-hmm. So everybody would always come to visit them. So I came from this huge family And then I left and I came to England and it was me alone in a room in halls of residence at university, surrounded by strangers. And that really affected me because I felt very alone and I felt very kind of just without that support that I've had. And then over the years, you know, I I still have family here. I would visit them and I kind of buried that, buried that feeling by meeting new people and just getting on with life. And then getting married and finding a, a real job. Um, and when I had my son, the, co- the company that I worked for at the time said to me that you can't work here part time. So I just had to stop work when he was about eight months old. Um, 
and that was it. My career that I'd been building for 12 years as a consultant had gone out the window. And I felt very lost again. And I didn't know where to go. And I started, I was spending a lot of time with him outdoors because, you know, you do with little kids, toddlers, you're always out and about. And I started watching the sky. Very strange thing. And I would, I would do that with him. We'd look at the clouds. And I remember doing that as a child when I was growing up in Kenya. We had lots more blue skies and clouds rather than gray like we do here. <laughs> and I found that I felt this sense of calm and belonging every time I did it. And I wanted to explore it a little bit further. The painting came in because I actually studied art at school. I did a year of art when I went to university. And I thought, why don't I start doing something, even if it's just for an hour when he naps, that is a form of release for me. So I decided to try it and see what happens. And I literally felt like I had found myself, like I had found this something that suddenly made sense to me. And as I developed it further, I started, uh, I started painting anything I could think of initially. And then I did what, um, in the artist community, we do this thing called a 100-day project. Mm -hmm. And for 100 days, you paint a painting every single day. The idea is not the outcome. You don't, it doesn't need to be a finished piece that's beautiful and that you can sell. The idea mm -hmm. is to discover yourself or discover something in you. So I did abstract skies. I painted a hundred abstract skies. And this was last summer. And I, I fell absolutely in love with the fact that I had this, I spent so much time looking at the clouds and looking at the sky and watching, watching the way everything moves. And that's where that connection came from for me. Um, and it was very interesting to, to suddenly find that peace and that, like you say, that calm, it's almost like a grounding. And I do it now every time I feel anxious, every time I feel homesick, even more so this year than I mean any other, I'll just stop myself and I'll, I will sit down and stare out of the window, especially when it's a blue sky with clouds kind of dotted around. I feel like I could just sit, at it, sit and stare and I can really feel my breath change. I start to calm down. And there is a flow within me that almost flows in the same way that the, the movement in the clouds do. And I can, I can even do it now. Like it's mm. really foggy outside. But even just looking at this feels, there is a sense of calm that immediately just comes over me. And it, it really helps to ground me. And this, this, the connection with the sky is, I feel like even like with, with you now or with mm. a friend, I can look at the sky and I can it can bring a memory to life for me mm. and it can help me to, to find some hope and happiness. And I feel like that's really important. Mm. Oh, I, I, I answered your question. You absolutely did. And I just love listening to you talking about your connection with the sky. There's something so like you said that it's foggy where you are today. We've got, I'm down in Brighton and we've got beautiful blue skies this morning. It's like the, you know, like the textbook winter, sunny winters or autumn's day, should oh, I say, where beautiful. it's kind of chilly, but bright and it's really lovely. And um, just this idea of the sky, because so often I think people talk about feeling grounded by going into a forest or going into, you know, putting your feet on the earth and that sort of thing. But it's, it's like, almost like this, um, 
I don't want to say paradox, but like you're looking up into the sky and you're feeling grounded by what's above you rather yeah. than what's beneath you. And I, I really love that. Is there something in there about this idea of being under the same sky? And yes, like you talked so. about being away from home yeah. and yeah, that connection. And you, you mentioned at the beginning, the connection with your loved ones. Is that, is that kind of part of it as, as well? Very much so. So there's actually, um, there's an old Maasai proverb. Um, and again, th that's where the link to Kenya comes from. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the proverb is, though we're far apart, our spirits share the same earth and the same sky. And that has, I heard that in a movie when I was, gosh, about 10 or 11 years old mm. and that has stayed with me for all these years and I always come back to it and there is very much that connection so we have very big vast skies in Kenya especially when you're out in whether you're at the beach or whether you're in the Maasai Mara you can you feel like this tiny little thing and if you look around you all you see is beautiful grasslands and huge skies i mean the horizon kind of sits at a really low level and then above it is just sky and it changes all day and because you're in nature mm. you're completely disconnected from the world you don't have kind of phone coverage if unless you're actually in a lodge when you're mm -hmm. out driving in the Masai Mara and it's just you and it's the animals and it's sometimes it's a sound of cameras clicking <laughs> but you're so connected to it. And it's at that point that you realize that, or that at least I realize that nature is so much bigger than we are. Mm. And the sky and the vastness of that sky is something I've carried with me for years. And that's where I feel like the connection is that, that it, even now, if you look at it, when you look outside, the sky takes up most of the, yeah. your, your view whatever it is that you're looking at. And I, I feel like that, that view helps me to feel connected to loved ones, to family, anybody who's far away from me. And if I can just take you back a little bit further, because I, I love hearing about Kenya and the skies and the views. It just sounds absolutely beautiful. What was your first, what's your first memory of um, nature? If you have one. <laughs> So my aunt has a house in um, Naivasha. It's a little town that's about, an, about 45 minute drive away from the capital. So I grew up in the capital, Nairobi. Mm -hmm. And 45 minutes away was Naivasha. Naivasha was not built up at all. So she, had, she has a house on a cliff. And if you stand kind of in the garden, you're looking out at Lake Naivasha, which isn't a very big lake by any means. And then you've got kind of hills in the background and you've got the iconic acacia trees kind of everywhere around you. And that moment of standing there in the garden and looking out at that is one of my first memories. And we have, there's this other amazing uh, memory that I have where we used to go there. That was technically our holiday home. So when we were in our summer holidays, we would go to her house and there was one morning we woke up and we looked out the window and there was zebra grazing in the front garden. They had just, because there's, it's not very built up, the animals can roam fairly yeah. free. 
and they were just kind of walking around and grazing in the garden. And then as, as the world started waking up and people started to kind of show up around the house or outside, they, they walked away and went out into the wilderness. Mm. Wow. That, that, that's my first memory. I mean, and what a first memory. <laughs> that's incredible. Um, and have you always felt, I mean, you said that, um, you said that you kind of really started to step into painting and yourself as an artist after you became a mother, but have you always been creative? Yes. Yeah. So I've always, I've always loved drawing and coloring or just even just thinking kind of slightly abstract or differently, but I was never drawn to the kind of the logical or the, the maths or the sciencey side of things. And did that grow as you got older? Did you, because I feel the same, I've never quite been connected to numbers and they just kind of go over my head a little bit. What did you have? A, did you have a space when you were growing up where you would create or was it just kind of something you sort of fit in? And Yeah, it was very much wherever I could fit it in doodles in books or um, but because I was while I was at school, at least I was painting quite a lot and I was doing I did art at GCSE. I did art at A level. So I had a space at home where I had an easel and the canvas oh, and my, my old paints. And it was in my grandmother's bedroom. It was in the corner of my grandmother's bedroom. So sometimes she'd be taking a nap and I'd be sitting in the room and I'd be painting. Mm. Um, and I, I always had that outlet and I was always supported as well. So whenever I felt the need to paint or the need to do something creative. Nobody ever stopped me. In fact, if anything, they, they nurtured that need. My mom has, still has my paintings hanging in her house from when I was, I painted them when I was 16 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and can you tell me a bit, because I was looking on your website and all of your beautiful work, and I was reading your bio, and you mentioned this idea of structured abstract. I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that. So I have, I have this, this thing in my head for simplifying. I, I like to take a scene and simplify it down to its bare minimum mm -hmm. and then slowly build it back up again. But in doing that, I don't like to fill all the details in. And I also don't necessarily think that we always need to fill everything in because there's room for imagination and there is room for interpretation. Mm -hmm. And I, I have the utmost respect for painters who can paint realistically and take a scene that you're looking at and replicate that. But I feel like I, I like the idea of leaving room for interpretation. And the reason I call it structured abstract is you can sort of see what it is, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you could interpret it as something else. So I'll give you an example of one of my most recent paintings uh, where I am using a fabric to create textured clouds. And I've had people say to me that they look like angel wings in the sky. I've said people, people have said to me that they look like, it looks like a whale in water. And then I've had people say to me that they, they remind them, it reminds them of, uh, of sort of organic material that is floating, floating organic material. 
so lots of people have they they see the work but then based on what they've experienced in life what they think they use those interpretations and they almost connect with my painting in a different way and i absolutely love the fact that people have the ability to do that because i don't always put all the information into a piece of work mm. and so when you're actually creating do you think about how it might be perceived or do you just go with kind of because i was going to ask you about the the almost like mixed media you know you're using yeah. the different textures do you think about you know or someone might see this as an angel wing someone might see or do you just not at all I mean, I didn't, it didn't even connect to me. I saw the sky mm -hmm. and I saw clouds and I saw movement and that connection between the movement within us and the movement of the clouds and the fabric represents that for me. Mm -hmm. And that's how I created them. So the first lot that I did were all blue and I played with hues of blue because I, I find blue very calming. And at that point in time, I mean, not just me, I think everybody needed it. And I didn't, it didn't occur to me until someone said, well, look, it looks like a whale in water. And I hadn't seen that until somebody pointed it out to me. So I found that really, really interesting. And it feels like that's very much what art is for, is to create these conversations and also to... Like there's a really special relationship then between the artist and the uh, viewer, I guess. I don't want to use the word consumer, but the viewer. There yeah. becomes this almost like, <clears throat> yeah, this story starts to be built up. and Exactly. Yeah. And like a conversation, but yeah. it's a silent conversation. And there is something quite beautiful about that. The fact that I can have a conversation with somebody and they, they see something, they're able to kind of almost get lost in the piece. But I physically don't have to be there to have that conversation with mm. them. There is something very beautiful about the fact that you can look at a piece of work and you can have an internal dialogue with yourself mm. and it brings you a sense of calm and a sense of hope. And that's what all my work is about, that there is that story there, but it's your story. And mm. all I'm doing is I'm, I've interpreted it in this way but you, you can tell it and you can own it. That feels so much more empowering. And I feel like we're fed so much at the moment in terms of like what to think and what somebody else wants us to think. So I love this idea of you just putting it there and then this idea of the silent conversation. Yeah. Um, because so much at the moment I feel is about our voices and wanting to be heard. and. I think with everything that's happened this year, especially a lot of people do want to be a bit more quiet and do want to just have time to reflect. And like, as I was saying to you earlier, that's how I, that is exactly how I felt when I scroll, when I was looking at your Instagram and I was scrolling through it, that kind of just immense sense of calm. And, and for people listening, I definitely recommend going to look at your Instagram because it's it's the colors it's the pictures it's all of it is is um yeah it's it's just so calming and just lovely um and i think it's a real tonic for everything that we're going through at the moment and it's like going inwards just for a moment it's, some people fear that some people find it quite overwhelming yeah. to stop and to 
go into their own heads because they're worried about what they're going to find. But mm -hmm. actually what I found is I started meditating earlier this year and, um, and not meditation in the sense of you have to sit down and you have to stay still. And it was more a, a five minute meditation at the end of my day rather than at the beginning of my day. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even to reflect on the day necessarily because a lot of people do that. Mine was more to get more in touch with my breath mm -hmm. and to find that, that element of staying still at the end of the day, because you find that during the, the day you're so busy, you're constantly moving, your mind is constantly running that if you don't take that, at least this is what I feel for myself. If I don't take that moment to stop and actually really stop, not just stay still, but my mind keeps worrying, you've, I start feeling very overwhelmed. Mm. And so I found that that translates into my work quite naturally. That, that moment of just, just stop for a minute, pay very close attention to your breath, that breath that you take in and the breath that you take out and get lost in the image that's right in front of you because, and you can really truly just lose yourself in it. And also it gives an anchor point for people who are, you know, if you, like you said, if, if you know, a lot of people don't want to stop and they, because they're not sure what's there when they do stop that work gives them that anchor point, that grounding, where it's something to look at, where, like you say, they can get lost in that and become immersed in this, like, um, this silent conversation, as you said. It's really interesting you say that. So I did a commission earlier this summer for somebody, and it's exactly what they said to me. Ah. Can you create me something that I can stop and look at because my day is so busy and I'm full, I'm constantly having meetings and I need this in my room where I'm working in my office. I need something that, that I can completely just get lost in mm -hmm. so that it takes my, the busyness of my mind away. Mm -hmm. So it's so interesting that you've said that it's exactly the type of connection that I'm trying to make. Oh, well, I mean, you're succeeding. <laughs> oh, that's, I'm so glad. It's so good to hear that. Honestly, yeah. it makes me feel so good. Oh, good. Um, so you said you did the 100 day project. Do you now have a creative practice that's just for you? So it's not necessarily focused on creating paintings or commissions, but it's more about either a self care practice or a creative practice that's just yours. Do you have anything that you go back to? So when I start to feel kind of tired, you could it, it really takes it out of me creatively when I'm really focused on trying to make something, whether it's a collection or whether it's a commission. Um, I actually stop painting at that point and I don't, um, I don't do any painting at all. What I do is I, I'll, I'll step away and I'll go into nature. So I'll go for a walk or I mean, I, I'll play with the kids because getting down at their level and watching them play and watching them interact with things. My son has a wild imagination um, and the stories that they tell. And I like to get lost in those with them, whether it's using Lego or whatever it might be. Uh, and I, I give myself to, I give myself the permission to just stop and go back into nature. I find that it replenishes the creative juices for me. Uh, we tend to just go for very long walks because I live in the Kent countryside. Mm, so I've got lots of big fields with wild horses and things around us. And um, when I was working in central London, I never had the chance to enjoy it at all. So I, what I've done is I've now tried to make use of that um, and myself in it. So I'll, I'll stop painting for a few days to mm -hmm. re-energize myself. And 
the other thing that I do is I, I practice yoga. So whilst it's not creative, I feel like it's restorative. Mm. And that's the balance. That's how I kind of create the balance is that the painting, whilst it's very therapeutic for me and really calms me down, it also takes a lot from me. And being, doing the yoga and being in nature puts all of that back in. Mm if that makes any sense. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's so easy to just empty your cup and then just to, you become, I know for myself, I become stretched so thin that when I am creating, it's to like 10% capacity because that's all I can manage on that day. Whereas actually, if I take two days off and like go for walks, like you say, do something else, that will mean that for the next two weeks, I, I will be more productive absolutely because I've had that time off. Yeah. yeah. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, it really does. And is there, um, is there a space, it might be where you are now, or it might be like you said, from uh, like where you were born, where you grew up. Is there a space where you feel the most uh, like an, a natural space in which you feel the most connected to your own creativity? I would say for me, that's Kenya. That's definitely home. So I'm constantly thinking about that. I have friends who live there. Um, uh, one of them is a, uh, he's a professional photographer oh, wow. and he lives in Mombasa, which is where the beach is, but he travels to the Masai Mara regularly because he runs these photo safaris. Funny enough, I actually didn't meet him when I was in Kenya. I met him on Instagram whilst so living in it? London. <laughs> and uh, we just had this instant connection. He, the, my paintings and his photography, there was a, an, almost an instant connection between them because I paint very low uh, horizon lines and mm-hmm. fast skies. And that's how he takes his photos. So his shot is composed with a very low horizon line and a very vast sky. Mm-hmm. And we just started to speak to each other. And I found that kind of looking at his photography even though he's got his focus is the animals of course Mm -hmm. but he also has a lot of skies in his work and he he constantly inspires me and he's always there he's in the Masai Mara so I'm almost living vicariously through him (laughs) and I will see I'll I'll watch his stories and I'll speak to him and he'll send me photographs he'll see a sunset and he'll immediately take a photo and send it to me and say look look where I am yeah and he, he's really been inspiring me. And that, that connection, I feel so connected to home because I have that, that, that ability through social media that I use that to channel it into my work. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like I'm too far away from them. I've got another friend who regularly sends me. She, she's literally lying in her garden. She'll take a photo of the sky <sighs> and she'll send it to me to show me what the sky is like at the time. And I, I, I absolutely love the fact that I have that connection with them. Do you kind of on that, do you take, do you um, paint from photos or from what's in front of you or like a mix of the two? So I'll start with photography, actually. Um, I find that the sky in England, unless it's summertime or sort of springtime, is very dull, very grey. So it's quite difficult to be inspired by that. Um, So I will use photos from Kenya and I'll, I'll kind of curate so I'll start thinking about a collection and depending on how I feel at the time, it will either be something with very calm, very soothing colors, like the collection I've just released, mm-hmm. where everything is very pale, like yellows with peach, peachy tones and soft blues and grays. Mm-hmm. That's what I was feeling at the time. I needed something very soft 
and something very kind of welcoming, like a hug. And that's yeah. what I called it. It was like, it's like somebody wrapping you up in a warm hug because that's what I felt like I really needed that. And yeah. I find that a lot of other people connect with that right, right now. Um, so depending on how I feel, I'll start to curate photos. And that's when I'm sort of in my thinking phase and in my uh, just gathering phase. Mm-hmm. Um, once I've curated the photos, I'll, I'll step away for a bit and then I come back and have a look at it and see if there is some, if there's a story woven through it and I'll start to bring that story to life in my mind. I'll use, I'll write, mm-hmm. I'll do quite a lot of writing in terms of just what, what is that story? What am I thinking about? And then I'll start sketching and I'll use the kind of the composition or in the photos to start sketching things out. And I won't do too many sketches. I might do about four or five sketches. Uh, and then I'll go straight to, sometimes I'll go straight to painting. Sometimes I'll start laying out that, that texture to try and work out what kind of movement and I'm, am I trying to achieve? Mm. And then I'll mix the color palette based on the mood. So I've gone from that very soft kind of color, very soft colors to now needing bold jewel tones and, something that feels a lot heavier and a lot stronger. And I feel like I've, I've come out of that need for the softness. And I now feel like I need something more vibrant, something that has a little bit more drama to it. Mm. I, can't, I can't explain why I need it. And I need, I, I need to go away and think about that a little bit more, what the connection is in that story mm. as I build up the need for needing that and what paintings are going to come out of it. Mm. I wonder if it's linked with the seasons here, like as we get darker, you're still, you know, you're f- maybe it's like feeling like, because I know I feel like I need that brightness. I need that. Yeah. You know, I, I do wonder. I, and it happens. I've noticed for the last two years, it happens every year. Wow. As soon as we start getting to this time mm. of year, I start needing bolder, brighter, more vibrant colors. And as soon as we start going into sort of spring and summer, I'm looking for more. Uh, more blues and more kind of still color but softer colors and my my work seems to naturally move in that direction and I love the fact that I've got that connection to nature and the way that the seasons change that it influences the way that the colors in my work change yeah and it brings such a rhythm to what you do yeah Um, and probably really mimics how other people are feeling because if you're feeling it probably there are other people feeling the same and and looking at your work and going yes that's what I need to be looking at right now. I really hope so. Yeah. And, I, and I really hope that that kind of, that feeling that I have is translating onto the canvas and making people have that same need mm. and recognizing that need. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, I've got two more questions to ask. Um, and they're ones that I tend to ask everyone and I always get a different response. So first of all, what have you learnt in your journey that you would like to pass on to other people? Uh, one thing I'd say is, it's quite a hard one. You say one thing. It doesn't have to be one thing. It could be a few. I guess if there was just one thing, I'd say be patient with yourself. It's one thing that my practice has taught me is slowing down and being patient, being more deliberate with not just your actions, but your thoughts as well. We have this constant need um, to rush into everything and this immediacy that comes from just everything. Our generation has this 
the social media, the, um, the instant gratification that we get. And I feel like we need to pause, we need to stop, but we also just need to be patient. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day. She's just started a new business and she keeps saying to me, I just want to rush ahead. I want to rush ahead and she wants to get everything done and everything ready and everything finished. And I, I said to her, be patient with yourself. Just take it one step at a time and you'll find that taking those little steps will result in much bigger, it'll result in much bigger answers for you, but also results for you. Um, and you build something that is, more, that is stronger and also more sustainable in the long term. And I've only learned that from doing it myself. I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't been through the process because like her, when I first started, I also just wanted to rush ahead and get everything finished and everything done as quickly as possible. But my children forced me to slow down. Yeah, because I had to, yes, exactly. Because I had to stop. I had to give them the time that they needed. I had to give them the, the focus that they needed. So it pulled me away. And in doing that, it helped me to, to reflect and it helped me to stop where, wherever I was and come back later and years later now when I look back I realize that they really helped me to build something that now I'm so proud of even though it's taken me nearly six years to get to this point whereas most with other people who don't slow down in this way might have achieved it within two or within one mm -hmm. yeah but you know, it's all about the tortoise, not about the hare. Yes, exactly. <laughs> as, as the uh, fable goes. Um, and what's your hope for the future? Do you mean for me or for what I do? Uh, anything could or be the world for in general. The world in general. <laughs> it could be your own work. It could be both. I guess for me is as I as I continue to grow this practice and I continue to do the work that I do, I'd like to still have the ability and the freedom to create the way that I do now. I don't want to get bogged down in just making mm. because I need to make. Um, and what I mean by that is giving myself the permission to play and experiment and learn. And I spend a lot of time in my head kind of, working things out before I put anything down on a canvas and having that time to, to do that and let things mull over can be taken away from you so quickly if you're busy because the busyness of your mind doesn't allow you the freedom of play even if it's in your head mm -hmm. you, still don't have, you feel like you don't have that freedom so I I hope that I can carry on having that. And I sometimes feel like when I, especially when I'm working on a commission, I get so bogged down with, is that the right brushstroke? Should I have put that there? And I, I have to sit down and really talk to myself about, don't think of it as a final product that you are selling and that somebody's going to buy. Think of it as a painting that you are making for you. And everything naturally just flows at that point, especially when the block comes, because that can happen very often. Yeah. And so I, I hope that I can continue to, to learn, to grow, but also have that freedom to play. So important. Um, and then just to kind of wrap up, really, I've just, I, I mean, I could literally talk to you and listen to you for hours because <laughs> everything that you're saying is exactly what I need to hear right now. I've been burning the candle at both ends, need to take that rest, looking at your pictures like, 
this is all like okay Helen you need to go for a walk <laughs> after this like yes, just yeah. get outside um so just to sort of yeah just to wrap things up a bit where can people find you how can they um uh talk to you about commissions all of that sort of thing so i share a lot of my behind the scenes and my processes on instagram which is uh, art by punam and you can contact me there i'm constantly having conversations with people on instagram on my social mainly instagram i do i am on facebook as well um i have a website as well artbypunam.com so the punam is p u n a m and uh you can contact me on my website as well i'm quite bad at updating my website regularly so you see more of what i do on my social media but you can contact me through there as well and i've got there is an, an email button on my instagram so you can even hit that and i'll get an email straight into my inbox and i i take i mean i've closed my commissions now for the rest of the year because i've uh, i'm fully booked that's great yes and it's it's wonderful to be able to have that that kind of the knowledge that from now until the end of the year i'm i'm busy with painting for people mm-hmm. um whether that's gifting so some people buy commissions to gift and some people buy them for themselves and I love the ability to be able to bring those to life and I spend a lot of time with my collectors talking to them so like we're talking now I will I will do a, a kind of a what I call a discovery call with them and I'll talk to them about what it is that they're trying to achieve what it is that they like about my work what colors resonate with them before I start to kind of sketch things out for them so there's a whole process that I go through as well for my commissions it's not just a case of buying something and telling yeah. me what you want I w- I want what it is that you need and your commission will be painted based on that need that you're looking for the same way the example of the the gentleman who I did one for in the summer who really needed the ability to get lost in something mm-hmm. um so that's that's sort of the best way and then I'll I'll sort of email you a list of how the commission process works and then we'll we'll take it from there amazing Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to chat and I love what you do and I'm really excited about sharing what you do with other people. Um it's been an absolute pleasure for me honestly. I I have to say I started off feeling very nervous about talking about it and as you can tell I mean I I probably could speak to you about this all day as well. <laughs> Why be happy to listen? <laughs> I I feel so passionate about what I do that when people ask me I I just go on and on and on and it's been such a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much for listening. Wasn't that just gorgeous? In the meditation and writing prompt that follows this, we'll be drawing on Punam's love of skies, sending you lots of love as always. Happy writing and I'll speak to you soon. Mm-hmm.